Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Royfield, Lucy and all the Dumpty Dummers, Red Agnes here. This is what happens when you get temporary control over 17 excitable grown-ups, most of whom <laughs> have never heard of the archers, and you try to get them to perform a Dumpty Dum. You'll hear gazoos, vuvuzelas and maybe some drums. This is the Blocco Mente Samba Band, 7th birthday, Dumpty Dum. This is Vuvuzela. <laughs> I do apologise. <laughs> Wowza. That is my favourite Dumpty Dum of all time. Especially the end, please gather your instruments. <laughs> That's genius. It That's was amazing. all level of multicultural <laughs> genius. Because it actually sounded quite Indian to me with the, with, with the percussion first off. And then it's, yeah. it's kind of salsa, it's all sorts. Yeah. And I, it, sound, it sounded to me... Almost like uh, our Red Agnes had gone off to Cape Town or somewhere or another. It's, uh, there's a, there was a hint of South Africa in it as well. I don't know. It was, it was bonkers. It was wonderful. It was amazing. Red Agnes, we salute you. Folks, this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that are centred on Amridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the marrow growing on a slightly alkaline soil that is Royfield Brown. And with me, of the hydroponic fishery, in a temperate climate that is Lucy Freeman and the last part of Linda and Bert's dad's army plot folks is you now this week's Dumpty Dum is from Red Agnes and her samba band <laughs> and if it's samba that's Brazil yes isn't it 
Yeah, so, it sounded bad. That's what she said at the start. No, she did. But there's me rattling on about it sounded like Indian and there's a touch <laughs> of... Is the Vuvuzela at the start. It's the reason why I thought South Africa as well. Very apt for dum dum that all four points of the globe were represented in that wonderful, cacophonous, riotous rendition of Barwick Green. So thank you, Red Agnes. And now, Lucy, if somebody else wants to marshal their samba band together to knock up a ditty, how can they do that? Uh, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum or leave us a plot prediction, then call us on 0203 031 3105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Um, thanks to Cosmo for his podcast Roundups, to Mike Hatton for his character counts, Shambridge as ever for her voices and to Derek for the loan of the back bedroom. Uh, Derek was very sad, as uh, we all were, to hear of the death of uh, BBC stalwart uh, Nicholas Parsons. Um, he's always been a hero of De- Derek's, as Derek's never been able to go for a minute without deviation. <laughs> it was very sad about our Nicholas, wasn't it? It was, but I did hear the best story mm-hmm. about that. Not about him dying, obviously that would not be good, but it was uh, in. The, it was everywhere, actually. So forgive me, mm. everybody, if you've already heard this, but it did make me laugh out loud. Um, they were in a very noisy bar uh, at the Edinburgh Festival, and uh, Nicholas Parsons was there, and um, it was quite difficult to hear. And they were talking about comedy generally, and somebody was telling a story about Richard Pryor, mm-hmm. and uh, this was at the time when Richard Pryor was doing crack and setting himself on fire and all manner of things and uh, Nicholas Parsons was listening sort of open mouthed Mm. and then the person telling the story moved off to go and get another drink and poor Nicholas turned to the chap next to him and said my god have you heard about Richard Bryars he's gone completely mad (laughs) 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 the idea of Richard Bryars taking crack and setting himself on fire (laughs) (laughs) On this week's episode, we hear views from Merlin, Tony, Margot, Paul, John, Susan, Jacqueline, Glyn and Iris. But first, folks, before all that stuff, it's the only reason why you're here. It's our Juicy Loose and a week in Ambridge. This week in Ambridge was brought to you by the Department of Unpleasant Sound Effects. Squelchy roast dinner eating, so bad that at one stage Gavin was eating roast potato and it sounded as if he was pulling his welly out of a bog. Grunting in the gym, Kate washing Alice's feet and Jolene coughing up solids from her bed of pain. Have we done something to upset you scriptwriters? Are you just getting us warmed up for next week when the whole village comes down with an isolated outbreak of coronavirus in an attempt to lower the cast list bills? We began the week with Josh whinging. Everyone's better than me, but even Ben's always helping around the farm. Silently, the weirdo. My business will go under as I haven't got any contacts anymore, he said. Nonsense, of course you have, you idiot. They're all stored in the cloud. Just get a new phone and away you go, you daft sod. And then keep (laughs) going away and away and away until we cannot hear or see you anymore. 
Apart from that, I wouldn't mind Rex seeing Josh again, as he got quite splendidly cross and for the first time in living memory told two archers that he would not be forgiving their disgraceful behaviour on the grounds that they are archers. It came as a huge shock to Pip that Rex was genuinely upset at being involved in a fraud and robbery case. But... But we're from Brookfield. We've got bonds and a gran and everything. Tough tit, Pip. You haven't impressed Rex, <laughs> a man who spends every Sunday morning cleaning vomit off the back seat of a Ford Mondeo. And hurrah for him. <laughs> uh, over at Krusty's house, the atmosphere was not great. Gav the interloper was behaving like a stroppy adolescent, staying in his room and then monopolising the TV. He kept shouting, They're coming! from the sitting room, and then told Kirsty Flit that he was playing a game. Yeah, right. Call of Booty, Pokemon, Mineshaft, or Grand <laughs> Theft Oral. Johnny and Lee's relationship continues apace. They've introduced Freddy into the menage now, but as they all went to the gym together and Freddy got the lever of the stepper caught in his vest, they felt he'd let the side down. So Johnny and Lee went somewhere private and Johnny showed him his teat sealant. They're going to have to go public soon. And if you think I'm going to shout, isn't teat sealant brilliant, then you've got another think coming. (laughs) Helen had a day... Helen had a day out with Lee's daughters who showed themselves as excellent judges of character by loathing her on sight. Helen was gutted as she'd made a packed lunch of cheese sandwiches and bought them both a book called The Children's Guide to Cheese and Why I'm Right About Everything by Helen Archer. With any luck, Daddy's been teaching them a martial art trick or two and the second they're left on their own with her, they'll have her in a headlock with her face down in the way bucket. <laughs> the Archer's Omnibus was then interrupted by a short episode of Dad's Army featuring Linda, Captain Mannering Snell and Bert, don't panic, Fry. The Rebel Alliance decided to hijack the highly unlikely cocktail event at the Bull. It's amazing, isn't it? Our group of total strangers that no one seems to know from an organisation no one's heard of can have been tracked down and invited to an event by the landlords of a pub bloody miles away with no advertising at all. I thought there were going to be a load of psychics as I really couldn't see how anyone else would ever have known the Batam Bridge was even there. But no, <laughs> a load of rhubarb sound effects turned up and Bert, Linda and Jazza attempted to bore them to death. Now, why on earth include Jazza when he is the only person in the village with whom I would willingly spend an evening in the pub, with the exception of Alistair, on whom I am rapidly developing a crush of monstrous proportions on and off the archers, to the extent that I spent an inordinate amount of time last week talking to the actor about his bloody cat. But anyway, I digress. (laughs) Linda and Lillian had one of their brisk rows in which they both say everything in a staccato way through clenched teeth and Lillian ended up saying nobody wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater and I instantly thought what a better name that would have been the baby in bathwater anyway they all turned out to be allotmenteers so had a lovely time listening to Bert boring on about leaks and the consequences were hilarious Talking of the Bat Ambridge name change, Susan is a scab for refusing to sign the petition against the Bat Ambridge name change until Neil, <laughs> the people's champion, changed her mind for her. That and the prospect of a bucket load of chilli in the offing. He promised to wear his scuba outfit and let her have a blow on his snorkel. So she did a quick <laughs> vault of fast and signed. <laughs> Poor old Neil was not having a good day. He'd left work early because Hannah was getting on his nerves. Neil, I used to work in an office where the managing director and his PA used to call each other mum and dad. You can't leave work early because people get on your nerves. If everyone did it, the economy would collapse. Over at the bull, Jill and Neil sat in the entirely empty pub and reminisced about Phil. He could see you had it in you, Neil. And that was why you were walking funny, said Jill. Ah, said Neil. Upstairs... (laughs) 
Jolene had come down with something. She was under the duvet with a fisherman's friend and she'd got Vic all over her chest. Kenton got her to promise she wasn't cross with him for backing over a peacock and she needed reassurance from him that they weren't about to go completely bankrupt after taking the advice of a consultant who'd spent 20 minutes considering their business. Just normal couple stuff, really. Over at the stables... (laughs) Kate announced that she was moving in with the luckless Yakult temporarily. She seemed very concerned about his emissions. I don't know why, just get him to change the sheets more often. And complained to him while he was fixing Bouncer's leg. Bouncer is a stupid name for a horse. It's a stupid name for anything except the Labrador off neighbours or a trampoline. And talking about things you bounce about on with nary a care in the world, Kate appears to be in pig again. For Mm. someone who cares about the environment, you'd think she'd care about overpopulation, maybe invest in some contraception. Or maybe it was a vegan condom made of hemp with lots of (laughs) holes in it so that the sperm could like breathe as otherwise it's just like exploitation. Anyway, I don't believe she's up the clangor. I cannot imagine she's got a clear grip on when her last period was or where or who her last child is, to be frank. And Yakult, in my view, is going to be out of there faster than Philip Schofield out the broom cupboard. Apparently, all you need to do to solve a huge family rift is to take the person for a walk alongside a polluted river, give him some stats about flood water levels, and bingo, everything's marvellous. And all of a sudden, people are taking bets on you shagging him. Now Jeremy Kyle's gone, Krusty is apparently the new fix-a-family-problem-in-20-minutes expert. There were, however, some alarm-raising chats with Philip about having been in previously dire financial straits, which is annoying as it probably means I owe Royfield a tenner. And this week's Mm -hmm. most irritating discussion. I've saved the best to last. Helen was urging Lee to push the boat out for Valentine's Day. Even Helen's time in prison has not taught her how real people live. Lee is skint. He makes a living kicking people in the nuts and has to keep his daughters in white trainers and lactose intolerant medication. She suddenly had a spasm of understanding, but the furthest she got was, Oh, we'll eat at yours then, Lee. It'll be fine. I'm happy with anything. Lobster, pâté foie gras, just any old stuff you've got in the cupboard. Helen, you know you claim to be a feminist. That your mum was at Greenham Common and she hasn't shaved under her arms since Tracy Horobin was a virgin. There's this thing, and I know stuff takes a while to get to Ambridge, but now apparently restaurants take women's credit cards too. I mean, you can't use a pin like a man. You have to draw a picture of a flower before they'll accept it. But apparently it's allowed and men don't mind that much. I'm going to try it. See you in the 21st century, Helen, and do watch your crinoline in that yoghurt machine. The end. Oh, well done. You know what, Lucy? I'm so glad you put some jokes in it this week. Because because it's so much better than last week. This Oh, well done. It's a triumph. Stand up and take a bow. I can't. My headphones will fall off. But thank you for the thought. (laughs) Well, I hope when we see you in full Technicolor on the YouTubes, uh, you'll stand up at the end and take a bow. You know what? You know, mm. hello, you two, and um, and uh, hello, you two, and uh, right, you are, and all that. Mm. I've noticed another Ambridgey thing. What's that? that? I haven't noticed before. When anyone knocks on the door or rings the doorbell for any reason at whatever time, someone always says, "Oh, who's this at this time?" <laughs> 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 Linda knocked on knocked on um, 
uh, Neil and Susan's door at like mm. six o'clock in the evening. And Susan went, oh, who's this at this time? As if, you know, it was 10 to 1 in the morning or something. But it's so, everybody, no one just answers the door. They all go, who's this? You know, if the door rings in my house, I just go and open it to find out who it was. You but know, you know bizarre. what, though, Luce, right? Uh, mobile telephony has come and wreaked havoc with our social norms. Things that, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago were, ju- were just the norm. I was reading an article in The Guardian uh, about the fact that we don't talk to each other anymore. You know, we've all seen this article before. But what really stood out for me was the fact that the writer said, if your phone rings after 7.30, you think, who's dead? Now, back in the day, that was like a 9.30 call and yeah, after because you couldn't ring before six because that was peak time in capital letters <laughs> you weren't allowed to use the telephone and if you did your dad stood behind you tapping his watch exactly yeah when i got my first proper girlfriend debbie moore oh she's lovely loose right uh my dad put a lock on the phone right I became so expert at tapping out Morse code style, the number, right? So I didn't have to use the big rotary dial. So you go, so her number was like... Oh, so you couldn't twiddle it. So you had to... Yeah, you couldn't twiddle it. It was a big lock on it. She had to go, one, two, three. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. One. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I was so expert. Took my dad all of it. Took my dad uh, a month when the phone bill came to realise I was still talking to Debbie Moore on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> my... But I put a lock on it. <laughs> what magic is he using? <laughs> oh, the good old days, the good old days. Anyway, um, you and Kids I. these days, they'd never have that experience, would they? <laughs> yeah, not at all, not at all. Now, you and I are expert at uh, diversionary chats. Mm. All right. We haven't but got I, time. We haven't got time. We ain't got time got at all. A thousand callers. We haven't got a thousand. Time. Literally a thousand. Parts of that might be a lie. <laughs> yeah, I loose that's technically that's fake news. We haven't got a thousand right. calls. But we do have about ten. So 70, I'm gonna do this. 000. Okay. Hello, Ambridge3962. First off, our Lucy, we've got Rosie. And Rosie, I completely forgot a couple of weeks ago. I didn't uh, upload your call because I forgot because I'm rubbish. Uh, so I apologise. But here's our Rosie. Hi there, it's Rosie Porty calling in from a very blustery, windy and quite scary seaside town Portobello today. Um, one key thing I wanted to talk about this evening was the Kate and Yakov's pregnancy. Mm. Uh, exciting area. Um, I really have to question the basic facts in, in this case. I can't see Yakov trusting Kate to use any kind of natural birth yep. control. Yeah, I wouldn't agree more, Rosie. Your fingers crossed. Yep. I know we have to suspend a certain amount of disbelief RE subjects like HR, which I mentioned last time. How can we be expected to believe that Jakob, who has been characterised as being neat, tidy and a little bit controlling, would let his swimmers go free? Bonkers. Mm. And really, how irresponsible and uncaring towards Kate's existing brood of children, Phoebe, Nwotandu and Sipo, all three of whom she has less interest in than she does Hilda's kittens. 
I'm really hoping if this is a false alarm, as it's a pretty dull storyline along the lines of multiple unplanned pregnancies and soap operas. Why can't the archers have some storylines of women who have a successful life without reproducing randomly? It is possible to have an active, productive and happy life without children. And it's annoying that the archers writers don't have any experience of women like that. They need to broaden their reach. Anyway, rant over. I love the podcast. I confirm I've subscribed to the YouTube channel. And Roy Field, you really do need to get an Instagram channel up and running soon. Have a great week. Bye. Uh, I'll go first, Lucy, and then I'll, yes. I'll, I'll back this back to you. Number one, Instagram channel. I believe one of Lucy's uh, scion, uh, scions are basically sorting that out. At least that, that, that was the talk, wasn't it, Lucy? Yes, it was. Right, that's that. What? You said your daughter was going to... Oh, do- yes! Exactly. Oh, God, I've forgotten that. Right, well, okay, I'll add that right, to my list. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've written menopause, now I'll write. <laughs> <laughs> I love my Dumpty Dum lists, they're hilarious. Menopause, um, As for Instagram. the archers having uh, characters, female characters that can have successful lives without children, that kind of is Linda, though she did want them. But she, 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 but she's not exactly a broken woman because of it. So it's like mm, there's a bit of a grey area there. But uh, there is Linda. There was another point. Oh yes. Hmm. Now I'm just going to quickly say this. And I'll hand over to you, Freeman, because you you is much more intelligent and eloquent and thoughtful about these things. As somebody said before, uh, I'm just gentle with my comments. Now there is absolutely no way that Jacob would be doing yep. Kate without yep. doing stri- her <laughs> doing we, Kate doing, doing okay. Kate doing is that it. what we do we do women do we no uh, listen right I'm just I'm just cutting to the chase here okay right? the one thing I slightly disagree with what Rosie said was that Jacob is controlling I don't think he's controlling but it's no. all about control with him and yeah. order yeah it's not that he's imposing it on other people and what I'm telling them what they need to do. Yeah. But he just likes I mean, he's quite order. happy for Kate to eat her vegan cheese. Exactly. He's not stopping her. He's just saying, well, I'm, I'm having a steak. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. But, you know, absolutely. Yeah. But there is absolutely nobody who's as buttoned up as that would be mm. having unprotected yeah. sex. And there's no way that they would believe that Kate was taking the pill or had an implant or something because they know she wouldn't and she's more likely to take some homeopathic essence of water lily, which is going to, <laughs> you know. Well, you know what? That, that is, is true and is maybe. But Jacob would take his own precautions. Yeah, he would. Regardless of who the woman actually is. He's going to be worried about um, STDs as well as pregnancy. He's not a risk taker. This dude is not a risk taker. I know he's with Kate and he can say that's a risk. But, you know, there is no way. So mm, anyway, now now it's your turn. I'm just going to uh, re- withdraw from this segment of the uh, conversation. <laughs> Sorry, no, because I, I completely agree. I'm hoping very much that it's early menopause, uh, which is going to um, get right up Kate's nose as she likes to think of herself <laughs> as the Earth Mother. And she's now got to move to the crone um, role in the tribe, which she will not like until she reads about how cool crones are. And then she will. But anyway, um, I 
it, yes, I think it's absolutely nuts. I think it's a really annoying. If it is that storyline, let's really hope it isn't because it's so blooming lazy. It's not the only thing women can do is just have to, you know, the only way that their situation can change is that they have children. Um, and uh, I totally agree about um, I totally agree about him. It's not uh, it's not anything that Yakult would would do i mean yakult's the type of man who would wear three condoms at once and i, I was gonna say the same that, thing yeah yeah the idea that he w- wouldn't even wear one is yeah it's just not 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 mm. i think she's got it wrong but for her to even imagine that she was pregnant he must have not been using anything otherwise she'd know do you know what i mean so oh. uh, yeah it's well, if it's a, I'm, I'm hoping it's a menopause storyline, but if it is, um, my God, how low have we sunk that I'm actually crossing my fingers? It's a menopause storyline. Mm. Um, Do you know how Boris Becker um, yeah. became a father? Yeah, yeah, in the cupboard. Well, and it was a blowjob. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yes, it was a blowjob. That's the reason why he said, I cannot be the father. Because after he came... Um, she didn't swallow it. He then leaves and she put it down below. Why? Because she wanted to become pregnant. Because it was Boris Becker. But that's the reason why he just said, no, it can't be me. It can't be me. That was the whole no, thing. I was going, why as to who on earth would want to blow Boris Becker? But anyway. Um... <laughs> so, uh, you know, it occurred to me <laughs> this morning, right? Because I was like, there's no way. This is not making the show, by the way. This is this is just between me and you. Why? Right. <clears throat> Hello. You sound like Neil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I don't know. Let, let's. No, I'm not comfortable put, put, putting this in. But um, it did occur to me this morning that surely are this you dude... pregnant? Is that what you're saying? Stop it. This... Have you been sucked off in a cupboard and now? You're <laughs> He would be, he would use three condoms. It'd be the would, thickest things, would. the yeah. thickest condoms. However, it'd be like Hessian sacks, fertilizer <laughs> bags. That's what he'd be using. Exactly right. And it's, uh, it occurred to me this morning: was he Beckard? Was he was he Boris Boris Beckard? No, do you think? Well, it's, no, because that's a bloody most... hell. They're going to explain that. Two minutes past seven, your pillock. <laughs> Anyway, all that stuff that I, so I've cut out about the last three minutes. So oh, you bet I like that bit. <sighs> we I'll leave it in. <laughs> Look, I've already made an anal sex joke, a Philip Schofield joke, and another one. Oh, I can't remember what that was. That was a bit dodgy as well. So you're fine. Leave it in. I say. Well, I I I, I don't know. I'll review it. Well, I come to edit it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Um, Right. So uh, was there anything else that that Rosie said? I can't remember now. It feels like an age ago. I was too busy getting cross about the silly storyline. I don't don't think this storyline per se is silly because um, women that knowingly uh, go into motherhood with a partner who's not aware and they and it's at the start of a relationship and they don't know how that 
guy's going to react. Yeah. It happens every day. You yeah. know, it happens much more often than, than we care to admit. Um, so I think that's actually quite a good storyline myself. But anyway, moving swiftly on, uh, let's have another call. Hello, Lucy, Royfield, Dumpty Dummers, and for one apparent reason, German-speaking Dumpty Dum community around the globe. Joseph, you are not among these. You're an <laughs> imposter, and you know it. I'm Iris from Germany. I mean, I really am German, and I'm demonstrating this so you can tell that Joseph isn't. I'm in education, I'm a music therapist, a musician, and an author. Regarding my archer's origin, I'm a Nolotando, that is, the teenage Nolotando who came to live with her yogi mother in Ambridge and got drawn into drugs by posh Freddy. Since then, the archers are a part of my life and I appreciate every little bit of nonsense every day. What I love even more is Lucy sophisticatedly analyzing the week in Ambridge. Thanks for making the archers even more real by gossiping about gossip. Great work. I've been meaning to call in a hundred times since joining in, but I always got thrown out by Speakpipe. Maybe oh. I'm too German, so I'm not trusted to be paying properly. Or I'm too paranoid not having PayPal or even a credit card. But after Joseph's call, I'm going to get through and won't take no for an answer. <laughs> Joseph made sure he'd get caught out by signing off saying, Guten Tag, guten Abend, ja, ja. I'm not able to tell if Philip, Gavin or Nokasha are really Welsh, but I can tell that Joseph is neither Austrian nor German. I predict that Joseph is really Merlin, a.k.a. Alistair the Vet. As he ah. admitted after his airport <laughs> call, he likes his gin tonic. I'm sure after several of those, he turned into Joseph. Und damit <laughs> wünsche ich euch alles Gute, guten Abend und gute Nacht. <laughs> Tschüss! Um, uh, the idea that you think that my roundup of the week is sophisticated, Iris, <laughs> after this week's, is astonishing. But anyway, thank you very much. Um, I think she might be right. Merlin, is it you? You've already got two identities. Have you now developed another one? Uh, I'm gonna. We do have Merlin next um, on the caller inners. I can conclusively say it ain't Merlin because, ah. and we kind of do know who it is. At least we think we do. Uh, but people that call up on the telephone line, as um, our Joseph did last week, uh, when they do that, Luce, on the telephone line, you actually leave a telephone number. And it ah. was a UK number. It wasn't right. one from abroad, from Ostmark or whatever, Ostreich. Um, it wasn't from Austria. So right. um, I, we kind of know. But it, it, it was a lovely call. But it's lovely. I, I, I loved Iris's voice. That's lovely. Yes. Um, you can speak and German, can't that, you? And I've, I've now, I like the fact that we've now <laughs> developed some, there's some sort of internecine rivalry going on between a German and a fake German on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. So, to, to be fair, Josef said he was Austrian, but still, Germanic speakers. Yes. Um, yes. You can speak German, can't you, Lucy? Yeah, only a little bit. You can speak German, French, Italian, Spanish? 
Uh, I can understand Spanish. I can understand uh, bits Portuguese. of Italian. I can understand French and I can understand. And I can speak a bit of French and I can speak a bit of German. Gosh. You're so and a bit clever. Of Swiss German. You're so clever. Well done, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do this sehr clever. <laughs> All right. Uh, she accused uh, the next caller of being the fake imposter and. Uh, Let's hear from him now. Hello, everyone in Dumpty Dumland. This is Merlin. Uh, I'm hoping this will get through. I've got to get my timings better. Uh, the weekend slipped away from me. Don't know if I'm in time for this recording. Anyway, every so often in the arches, there's something that just makes me smile. It's what makes me keep on listening. And this week was Bert and Linda planning their sabotage <laughs> on the bee. I loved that. Just two-minute little sketch. Um, them, I'm not sure if they thought they were from Mission Impossible or from Dad's Army. It was just so <laughs> amusing to listen to. Had me smiling as I was walking the dog. Although, a pet peeve, they did say over and out. You do not do that when you use radios. It's either over or it's out, but not over mm. and out. Very annoying. It's like putting a comma and a full stop at the end of a sentence. There was that, and of course, the great revelation of the week was Kate. Um, not quite sure how Yakult is going to feel about that one. Uh, we have to wait and see. They played it so straight, it could go either way. But that was certainly, I never saw that coming anyway. Complete surprise to me. Thank you for listening, and I'll speak to you again soon. Thank you for that, Merlin. Yeah. Any thoughts, Arloose? I think that you are correct that he is not the pretend Austrian. Um, uh, I did like it was absolutely ridiculous the Linda and Bert thing, but I did uh, I did like Bert being quite so overexcited about it all about because he loves a bit of intrigue. Bert, he's such a he just loves it, and um, he loved being able to 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 go in there and and sort of um, feel important that he had a role, you know, and yeah, it was quite sweet. Um, but I do think sending Jazza in was a massive mistake because he, Jazza is it, he is he's, he he struggles. To, he's such an entertainer as an individual. He would really struggle to be boring. He wouldn't be able to help himself be interesting. Mm. Uh, I just want the whole storyline over. I know. I know. As much as I love to hear Bert, and I, I, as sure as eggs is eggs, I thought he was going to go into the ball and deliver about five five of his poems, you know, mm. uh, to, to kill yes. everybody. He didn't yeah. do that, but I'm just like, isn't this just ridiculous? The whole yeah. thing is just ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we telegraphed that it was going to be Linda with a petition, you know, what we want from this is to be surprised and whether you think it's a good storyline or not Kate saying that she's pregnant or believing that she's pregnant how it's going to play out was a total surprise yeah yes you can then go back and you can see the signs that uh Jacob has been uh good and kind of slightly gooey around babies and stuff and you yeah. had a great way with Xander so you've seen the little breadcrumbs that have been dropped but fundamentally they were so small we had no idea that Kate was going to do uh, w what she's done. That's a surprise. This, we've, we've, we've worked out half of, if not all, of what's going to happen. 
it's not going to they're not going to change the name uh, permanently linda has done the petition everybody just thinks it's nonsense whether it's the listeners or the residents of ambridge let's just get rid of it then there's no need for it let's move on yeah let's move on yeah yeah talking about moving on but it has become now it's just a battle to the death it's now shut your face it's now just a battle to the death between linda and lillian isn't it it's not even about the pub anymore it's just about who can make more of the village do what they want um because they are map and lucia and uh yeah as far as i'm concerned that's what it's about and it, if it wasn't about the bat ambridge it would be about something else it would be about let's put let's put old-fashioned lampposts on the green no let's not it could be anything it's just those two and, and and Linda hasn't got a, a cause at the moment, so she's she's, you know, inventing one. Well I mean, quite well, frankly, the bull could call itself, you know, the pot of custard at Ambridge, and everyone will continue to call it the bull, as they are doing, and they keep saying, Oh no, the bee. Mm. Mm. You know, he you just change the sign. No one cares. It's just a name, it doesn't matter. Um you know, it doesn't, it really, really, it, the, the, well, it will continue to be the bull to all intents and purposes anyway. So the whole thing is just, you know, nonsense. The name does and doesn't matter. But uh, before I come on to the name, there was a few years ago when, what's their grandchild that they have in common called? Mungo. Mungo or Mungo. Maggot or it's something, Mungo. yes. Yeah. When, when Mungo uh, was born... They kind of set them up to be at loggerheads with each other in yeah. a competitive way. So there have been two or three instances in the last, what, three, four years where they've been competitive. But it's been a personal thing. Wasn't it? There was a time when Lillian was supposed to have baked something or made something and she couldn't cook or whatever. It was the cardigan and she... There she, you go, uh... the knitting, knitting. Yeah. So yeah. there's been a couple of instances like that. But that was personal this if this is ultimately just about them pair why is the whole village being dragged into it why is the bull being dragged into it mm. it, make, it makes no sense the scale of it makes no sense to me have it as them um bickering linda has walked the llamas lillian's dog has barked at the llama and the llama has done something and they bicker and it goes on for a couple of weeks yeah great smashing fine and then it all gets resolved because Mungo uh, comes back with Ma and Pa and they coo over the baby. Great. Yeah. We don't need to drag in the whole of the village <laughs> if this is about them. So I say I don't think it is really about them. But there best be a surprising turn in this storyline because I just hate every moment of it. And, yeah, and I, I don't normally say I hate anything, but I hate this. It's just utterly nonsense. And as for the name not meaning anything the name change um when i when i used to live in london there was a pub on portobello road which everybody who had lived in that area for more than 10 years called finches but the sign said the duke of wellington right so it's exactly (laughs) that thing that you're saying people call it what they want to call it yeah however in in the modern world of online where there are Yelp reviews and, and all that malarkey, a name change does then matter because you can't find, you know, you can't find Finches online. You can't, you have to type in the Duke of Wellington. 
So if you are trying to attract a younger mm. crowd, and again, I then take your point that where all these young thrusting yeah. uh, millennials all coming from, they yeah. wouldn't just drive out to the middle of nowhere and go no. to a little country pub for, for a cocktail do. You and just it also wouldn't. means that, that, you know, at least four, if there's 12 of you, four people can't drink because they've got to drive home again. That's a very good point. Unless Rex is getting busy in, in, in the Uber uh, taxi mm. business. But yeah. but yeah, so it does and it doesn't matter. It depends the, on the positioning of the pub. And I would say uh, a, a rural pub who isn't necessarily going for uh, the weekend crowd of people travelling to the countryside to have a nice uh, pub lunch. We've never heard them say that that's what the bull's about. It's always about locals, really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, then it doesn't matter that you're going to change the name. However, if you're not going for that crowd, well, then changing the name does matter because it's all about online and online reputations. Right, Merlin, uh, that was you. Uh, now we have an occasional caller in at our Lucy. And it's uh, it's got the same name as who I went to school with, the Tricky Winger. You played for Green Home Comprehensive School, um, circa nineteen eighty. It's Tony Is it Cox. Margo? No, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's Tony Cox, and his mum was the dinner lady. Hello there, it's Tony, who's an occasional caller in. I'm I'm just enjoying this steady archers thing, just going along with lots of really silly storylines. Maybe we'll get a proper one soon, but. Put a couple of prop predictions out there. One about Neil. I think Neil has been badly served by the uh, BL board and they will deserve their comeuppance. So I think he will stand back and watch Hannah file and then go off and join up with Rex to rear pigs in the right way. The other one is Natasha. Yeah. She's looking for an office manager. I wonder if they'll suddenly realise that... Uh, the new lady, is it Joy or June or whatever her name is, oh, who's yes. Tony's um, admirer, I think she'll employ her as her office manager. It'd probably be very good. Anyway, thank you very much for running a nice programme and uh, I do like to <laughs> listen to it. Thank you. <laughs> Bye for now. You run a nice programme, Lucy. <laughs> I like that. We're sophisticated and nice. All in the space of 20 minutes or whatever it's been. Thank you very much, Tony. Um, uh, that is a brilliant shout, that is. It is. It is. It really Joy is. Joy being an office manager, she would love that. Mm-hmm. Joy would drive Tony round the... Be- would drive Tom round the bend, which is also, you know, a good reason to do it. Uh, yes, be excellent. Well done, Mr Cox. Uh, excellent call. Call in more often, sir. Uh, now, uh, somebody who... It's going to agree with me. So this is our caller in of the week. <laughs> Hello, you two. It's Paul Room here. I just thought I'd call in to say that I agree with Royfield hey, from last God's week's sake. episode in that the Archers doesn't really follow real life shock horror, uh, such as the HR storyline and you know how often is there a stock take at the ball? Because one thing that sticks in my mind is Elizabeth Pargeter with her um, ICD, the defibrillator in her chest that she's had since 2011, um, because as I've only before, I've got one of these as well. Mine was put in in 2008. 
the thing with it is the battery doesn't last forever and and the device has to be replaced uh, can vary i think sort of between five and possibly up to 10 years probably not quite as long as that anyway so elizabeth should be she should be having her defibrillator changed around now but we don't hear this we don't hear every medical appointment every birthday or whatever but this was sprung to mind because recently um just before christmas i was uh, putting the outside uh, fairy lights on the house a bit like philip moss and um, an alarm went off in my chest uh, which did remind me of the crocodile in peter pan um it meant the, uh, the defibrillator, the lead into my heart had broken. So I had the, uh, the thing replaced, which is the third one I've had uh, since 2008. And yes, with Elizabeth, nothing. Uh, and I, I suppose I wonder whether there was the, they consulted with a cardiologist from uh, one of the hospitals in Birmingham at the time it was put in, but whether a note was made, mm, this thing doesn't last forever in her chest and will need to be replaced, which is a, not a huge procedure but relatively major ish so yes the archers doesn't reflect real life as we can see here bye now <laughs> Paul, how do you know that it's going off because it's broken and it's not going off because you are having a heart attack is it like when a car alarm goes off and everyone goes oh for god's sake it's a dog a squirrel jumps on it <laughs> it's a cat when in actual fact it's somebody breaking into your car is it like that because how do you know? It's that's a genuine question. I don't. I don't understand. Did you panic when it went off and think, "Oh my God, what's that? I'm having a heart attack," or did you know? Ah, yes. That's. Does it a different a noise for when it's running out of battery? It must be because he didn't sound panicked, and he was halfway no. up a ladder as well. You know, so if he was about to have a heart attack and he was going heart attack noise, heart attack noise, and you're halfway up the up a ladder, you are going to fall off that ladder, and those, you know death by fairy lights and stuff but uh, yeah I, I'm presuming it's a different sound but Paul I think what Lucy's saying is can you call in next week and just clear that up please yes because if Lucy's but worrying don't about it your call with saying I agree with Royfield because that is an absolute <laughs> surefire way of getting right up my nose before you've even started so don't but do that. you know what though another listener on this week's episode is going to get right up your nose Lucy because I made a lot of sense last week and people have come out in their droves to say so just saying so if you want to upset our listeners continue with that snotty attitude Freeman now uh, anything you want to say before I hit uh, my button for another caller in a row no go for it Good morning, Lucy, Royfield, and all the other Dumpty Dumbers out there in the world. It's Margot from beautiful New Jersey. Just a few things this week. Jill comparing herself to Josh. Jill, there is simply no comparison. I work in the criminal justice field, and the crimes that your grandson has committed could lead to some serious jail time if you were here in the States. Conspiracy to theft, complicity, theft by unlawful taking, and theft of movable goods, just to name a few. Here, I see those charges often and see plenty of people behind bars for about three years. Again, there's no comparison for your flapjack growing. The (laughs) be at Ambridge. Can we just be done with the storyline? It will indeed go nowhere and it will go back to being the bull in no time. Maybe instead they could focus on a small go-nowhere storyline with Kathy Perks and Jamie or the Tregoran household. Two places (laughs) that have been so completely forgotten and... Just leave this one behind. I'm very glad that Neil is finally going to be rid of Hannah Riley in some capacity. Neil is too nice to suffer Hannah, but hopefully he'll be happier in his new outdoor pig unit. 
And finally, Kate. Although part of me hopes that she's lying about her pregnancy, I fear that it's the truth. Although the dynamic between her and Jakob is interesting, they are the last people I would want to see have a child. Never mind the fact that she has abandoned her three other children with their fathers. Is this also when Kate will abandon spiritual home in search of some other sort of fulfillment and will leave Jakob to deal with the Aldridge clan and this child on his own? I guess only time will tell. You guys have a wonderful week. Mm. You too. Thank you very much. Um, I don't know what it is with Kate. I mean, does she get bored of them? What is it? What makes her just decide? Kate doesn't have a sense of responsibility the way the most of us do. Here is somebody who is full of their own personal sense of worth and ethical purity that, in effect, she's a steamroller, isn't she? That... For her, everything is incredibly black and white. And because she sees her motives as being incredibly pure, she doesn't necessarily understand how anybody can view them in any other way. Uh, and that's whether that is um, to do with her business practices or also to do with, remember, the way that the reason why the home farm lot had to leave. It was her bloody mindedness and yeah. short sightedness. Yes. You know, so here is somebody who has no real sense of responsibility at all. And and that's the reason why Kate can do what she does, really, because she's unmoored in, in, in that regard. Mm. That's just my take on it. Mm. Now, I mean, I was just thinking how her other kids going to, if this is real, how would her other children feel that she's sort of, you know... Uh, she had them in South Africa. She left there. Well, she had Phoebe here. She left Phoebe to go to South Africa. She went to South Africa. She had children there. She came back here again. You know, it's sort of, um, it's going to be quite devastating for them, I should think, to sort of, because whenever that happens, you must think that the new family, you know, oh, this is this is the one that she's really happy with. So there's a sort of a an, uh, an, an innate rejection in there somewhere. Hmm. But Kate's not thinking like that, though, is she? No, no. You know, that that's not... Kate, as I said earlier on, is just in the moment. She's in the moment. She wants to do this right now. She really quite likes Jacob. Though she speaks to him awfully. Like, yeah, she's she so... I was thinking that. She's so And rude. I hope you've nearly finished, because I'm hungry. Yeah. God. But she's incredibly entitled. You know, that yeah. is entitlement dialed up to 50, 100. You know, utterly, utterly rude, right? And as somebody put, I think it was on the Flick app, big shout out, go to the Flick app posse, right? So um, somebody said on the Flick app, she must be great in bed because it makes no sense. She's incredibly rude, incredibly rude. Um, Anyway, um, yeah. Have have we heard from uh, Marga before, Uh, our caller in from New Jersey? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I was just yeah. just checking because um, I I wasn't quite sure. Uh, but well done. Keep it up. Uh, call in again from the Garden State next week, please. Uh, now we're going to go to John, and he's in Sweden. All right, dumpty dum. My name is John. I am from the Isle of Wight. I live in Gothenburg, Sweden. I am a carpenter, so I align myself with young Philip there. Um, my archer's vintage is 
same old story. Grew up listening to it in the background. My mum used to listen to it thinking it was dull and boring. Went to university, listened to Radio 4 constantly. But never really got stuck on the arches, but I'd listen to it. The first thing I can probably remember, though, is nine and a half-ish years ago when my eldest daughter was born. Um, I was at home a lot then and listened to the arches non-stop. So, yeah, it makes me a Henry. Henry's the same age as my uh, eldest. And I remember, what's his name, falling off the roof that was it Christmas? Um, Elizabeth's <laughs> husband. So... Yeah, they're the first storylines, but yeah, it makes me Henry. Uh, he's so young, so we shouldn't judge him. Uh, he's got he he's got time to change. Um, loving the Archers at the moment. Love the Josh storyline. Um, Roy Field. I don't know if I agree with you that what's his name is dodgy <laughs> Phil. I do agree with you the storyline. Yeah, I think out, he's going to go. Yeah, Kirsty saying that she's uh, never been happier. That doesn't sound well, does it? So that's all going to end soon. Um, but yeah, you caught me out this week, Dumpty Dum. You were too early coming out. You came out, I think it was on Tuesday morning, I saw a Dumpty Dum. So in my, my keenness, I clicked and listened. And then, uh, spoiler alert, everyone told me that Gavard had moved in with Philip and Krusty. And I was like, <laughs> what? what? No, come on, slow down. What's going on? And realised I hadn't listened. I wasn't up to date, was I? So yeah, maybe you should include spoiler alerts people like me yeah, but how do we know <laughs> how do we know who hasn't listened to what when we'll ring you all there's 45,000 of you we'll give you all a quick bell and go right right so where did you listen up to do you know that this has happened no okay then <laughs> mm. um but you know like john said he didn't agree with me that um philip was <laughs> super evil yeah right now super evil that's really that's that's how you're pitching, Philip. Is it super evil? No, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. If you remember back to when I come up with my theory that this is all about money, right? I did say maybe he's a dodgy businessman, and then I recanted that in literally the next the next line of what I said. I said, no, maybe he's not, but there is something about money. Now, what did? Gavin say last week, oh, there was a time when we were super broke. Hmm. Now, people can disagree with me all they want. This storyline is fundamentally about money. I don't know what the source of the money is. I don't know how much money Philip's got, but it's about money. Just saying. So, hmm. I am right. I'm... Every week I'm being proved even more writer than right, Lucy. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I am! My God, you're a monster, man. <laughs> Every week I am being proved writer than right. That's, if Trump tweeted that, they would bat an eyelid. <laughs> I just think, oh God, he's been on the cough medicine again. Right, here is uh, yet another caller in a row that fundamentally is going to agree with me. And talking about Trump, she's from the land of Trump. It's our Susan. She's from Houston. Hello, Lucy and Royfield. This is Susan, your HR correspondent from Houston, Texas. Basically, I, I heard you asking for HR feedback on what was going on at the Barrows Pig Farm last week. What you got from your other correspondents in the UK was pretty much spot on for UK policy. But what you may not understand is that the US is completely 
crazy on the same issues. Effectively, we could, there's no such thing as constructive dismissal, at least not in most states. Particularly in Texas, wow. it's, it's at will employment and it's by the employer. So you can let Neil go for not tying his shoelaces and uh, have no claim against you for him. Many Gosh. places do have additional employment laws, some segregation. Uh, some severance provisions that the companies abide because we'd prefer to be more ethical than that. But it's not required and it's not necessary. And most of my UK colleagues think that the US is absolutely daft on this perspective. Can kind of see it both ways, but then again, I'm in HR and that's what I'm meant to do. Lucy, it really is not that interesting. It really is kind of dreadful. Uh, but on another <laughs> note, I wanted to thank me. Lucy for sharing the names of her pets because I've had two cats that were brother and sister, maybe too much. Um, but one was Basil Michael and his sister was Coriander Sybil. So we've both Aww. had two pets that have the Basil Sybil Faulty Towers reference, which just absolutely endeared me to you. I can't think of any place else to go now besides to say that Gavin is a complete waste of space. I appreciate you using the word crusty instead of Christy every time because I can't stand her. And have <laughs> a lovely time. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye, Susan. Oh, her, her pets have got posher names than mine. <laughs> there were great names. There were great names. They were. Mm. My other half works uh, for uh, various American companies, and they say to him, you know, how do you guys ever get anything, any work done? In How do you make any money? How do you get any work done in Europe? Because... Everyone has 752 days holiday a year. You can go off sick for anything and get paid. You can, um, all your employees can sue you for everything all the time. They just think that the mm. European standards for, uh, in HR and, are just uh, absolutely bonkersly, so, you know, unworkable. So they say that without looking at the evidence and German workers are more productive than American with all the time yeah. off that German workers get and Swedish yeah. workers and Dutch workers yeah. and even French workers, yeah. they're still more productive than the average yeah. American worker and they cost more per unit. So yeah. stick that yeah. up your ass, American employers, <laughs> because it's just... <laughs> why? Please have just confirmed this was the voice of Royfield Brown who said that, <laughs> just in case. But he it's it ever really... fancies getting any sort of paid employment in the United States. Well, no. <laughs> I, well, I, well, I can't with my visa. No. So I can't. can't. So, so, so I can say this. You're an alien with a wibbly head and many, many arms. <laughs> but anyway, moving swiftly on, uh, because we're not doing Mid-Atlantic right now. We're doing dum de dum no. I will... Uh, Susan from Houston, thank you for going through all of the gears uh it's lovely to hear from you now lucy we yes. have a caller in who is uh a golden oldie a bit like paul room is our jacqueline berto who actually before i press the button and and she to start her i think she was our first international caller as i yes, seem to I remember think she was yeah 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 hi jacqueline berto from sanguine here i'm a caller in from the old days also an English expat, but I'm not going to talk about Brexit because, like Roy Good. Field said last week, Good. I believe it, for our sanity, we remainers need to move on. Yes, we which do. Which I am by standing in the local elections next month here in France. I wanted to Ooh. follow up on a discussion uh, started by Master Miles, I think, uh, about the Ambridge gay community. Well, 
I live in a rural village of just about 400 people and the only knowingly gay couple um, here in the village are a couple of Brits from Wolverhampton who have a holiday home here. Uh, although I do know quite a lot of um, uh, single people in their 60s, 60 plus, who perhaps would have in a different time, in a different place, been have come out. But it it's still very difficult, and we're literally only 180 miles from the south coast of England, but um, in a rural, rural community. And I, I probably in Britain it would be. I don't know, and I've never heard, and I've met a lot of people. I'm doing knocking door-to-door uh, campaign at the moment. I've not – you don't meet people who are openly um, uh, bigoted and against um, a gay community. But something that isn't talked about and maybe – People don't. Young people wouldn't be able to come out uh, as they would would do in a more cosmopolitan place. Anyway, I still love Ambridge. I still absolutely love Dum de Dum. I love the Dum de Dum, uh, the Archers uh, thing you did on um, uh, things that made England. Uh, Roy Field agree with Thank so you. much of what you say. Thank um, you. I also agree with lots of what uh, Lucy says. Just oh, for the um, for parity yeah. there. Yeah. Cheers, everybody. Bye. <laughs> Bye bye, Jacqueline. People are now having to say that they like, that they agree or disagree with me in the interest of balance to stop you having a tantrum. Have you noticed? Yes. God. That's hardly the way I would see it. But it's it's really it's really heartwarming to know that people actually do listen to sense, and uh, that we had what four callers saying. Yeah, actually, I agree with Royfield. He made some really excellent points. So, so you come out with the gags, Lucy. You do the gags, right? And I just make sense. Yeah, that that's yeah. the okay. way that this thing fundamentally works, if it works at all, I suppose. So there you go. Well done, Jacqueline. Um, our first international dundee dummer back on the caller in her action uh right so what else did jacqueline say other than the fact that she uh agreed with me well that it was quite difficult to to come out in 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 rural areas and that oh, it would be a big yes deal yeah philip schofield do you think <laughs> philip schofield <laughs> is a a dum-de-dummer and that's what prompted him because you know yokel bear talked about coming out when this broke okay for our international listeners that aren't attuned to uk media philip schofield is a a well-beloved tv presenter who's been on our tv screen since uh, the mid 80s he started off on bbc kids tv anything called the broom cupboard where he would link from program to program and is um, migrated onto uh, grown-up proper tv he's what now 57 and he's just his tv persona is he's just nice everybody likes philip schofield isn't he from new zealand or something originally he's antipodean yeah. isn't he, he was, yeah. Isn't his pet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and but the thing is for me when when this news broke that he was gay i thought well of course he's gay I know. No, I was like, <laughs> you mean he's it? <laughs> I was surprised when I heard he that he had a what? wife and two yeah. daughters. I genuinely was. I thought, yeah. well, oh, I always thought from the 80s he was gay. And I don't have a particularly attuned gaydar. So I'm not saying that, oh, I can sniff these things out at all. But I was like, well, of course he's gay. He's Philip Schofield. But, mm, so, right? Uh, uh, any other news? 
uh, happened in the UK last week, which we can shoehorn into Dum De Dum or The Archers, Lucy? Can you think of anything? Um, no. <laughs> right. After that, well-considered uh, pondering of yours. Uh, have you got any emails there, Lucy? Yes. Now, many, can I just I say before... Them... Exactly. Yes. You were going to spread them out throughout the show. Remember? Oh, last week... There's, you, yes, yes, yes. There's a voicemail message too. Who is that? Oh, was that Rosie? Yeah. Don't worry about that. Oh, We've okay. done, Rosie. All right. All right. All right. Stop so, trying to pretend to be all efficient and everything. Well, and in control just for once. Did you notice mm. that I actually said before I hit the caller in era that basically where they were from and kind of the content they were going to talk about, that's how organised and on it I was this week. Yeah. Got well done. Extra you. specially early, clipped all the calls, edited out the ums and the ahs on them for them, and listened to them properly, took notes, and I've deployed them in this episode of Dum De Dum. Now, I think you should now do some work, Lucy, and read out the emails. Right. Chop, chop. Marion, uh, who says that she is a second time emailer in her. Um, she's in the Midwest somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, she said, is Ambridge in a different dimension where Brexit is not a thing? Surely the farm will be affected at some point when EU subventions disappear. Who will pick up home farm soft fruits? Wasn't it hard enough for Adam to have enough labour last summer? And won't the chicken factory be affected if the market is funded by American chicken? Um, why didn't, uh, why don't the bull show things like the Six Nation tournaments? Um, I think they do. I remember them showing the football. They showed the World Cup. Yes, yeah, she mentions that. Um, so why aren't they using it to um, show the rugby? Um, especially as the entire village now appears to be Welsh. Surely they would they would quite enjoy the but, rugby. Just very um, quickly, when Rob was there, he did watch the rugby at the ball. Right. But the, if they're trying to get people in, why wouldn't they do it now? If they're, if they're desperate now. Because mm. well, he bought that massive plasma screen, didn't he? He did. I suppose most mm. of the Six Nation games are on a Saturday and it's the one day that we don't visit Ambridge. So yeah. <laughs> there is that. Oh, but, yes. But um, just as a slight point, uh, Rob did watch the Six Nations at the Bull. Right. Um, was Gavin really engaged to Kelly? He came by himself at Christmas to make the announcement and milk his dad. I would have expected the bride to be at, at their... Um, uh, at least. He said that she was seeing her parents, didn't she? And um, what was that revelation of Gavin to go about Philip having lost a lot of money in the past? Uh, and we thought that Lily and Russ's relationship will move on one way or another when it was mentioned how long it would take him to divorce his wife. And then nothing. Um, and also, Jill cracked me up when she had a chat with Josh about his criminal family. Your dad's been to court. I was arrested for throwing flapjacks. But no mention of his cousin who went to prison last year. <laughs> yes, good point. Um... Yes, these are all very, very good things, Marion. Good, uh, good noticings, good observations. Mm-hmm. Um, oh dear, this is cheery. This is from John Walsh, uh, and it's headed depressingly: the death of Jim. One reason why I'm concerned about the sexual abuse storylines in ongoing docudrama is, is that the effects never really go away. We can meet a character years later and the impact is still likely to be there and that makes it difficult to do with characters who appear intermittently. How would newer and frequent listeners be introduced to Kathy, for example? 
As a result, I wonder whether Jim is going to escape from this in the way my grandfather on his father's side did. He worked, he retired, he settled his affairs and then he died. Might Jim follow now his abuser is dead and his daughter is settled, more or less? Perhaps he would wait for his son to find someone before shuffling off the mortal coil. But how horrible would it be if he got old and suffered Alzheimer's or something similar? On that cheerful note, John, formerly John the Third, from Ladprow. Um, that is deeply depressing, John. Uh, but I know what you mean. People say, don't they, that they make a decision, they, people make a decision, they get everything ready and they say, right, okay, I can die now because they've done a certain thing that they wanted to do. But I think Jimus at the moment is such a popular character and the storyline has interested a lot of people and he plays such a pivotal role in between Alistair and uh, Jazza. I can't really see them getting rid of him. Mm. Uh, certainly not in the immediate term anyway and um, an integral part of this storyline is um jim coming to terms with it so you need him to be around for that however he's going yeah. to do that and but you know it, that is an integral part of the storyline it's not that this just happened and then jim admitted it we have to then see that jim is is has been able to reconstruct his relationship with his children as he as he has done, but then also to live with what's happened with him and to say that it doesn't actually need to define him define him going forward. That's an important part of the whole storyline. So we do yep. need him to be around. Mark from Belfast is next. Um, he wants to talk about um, coming out and being gay in Ambridge. Noticing just how similar Fiona's coming out was to Anna Tregoran's, I did wonder if perhaps we are getting the lesbian character storyline that writers had originally planned for Anna, but for whatever reason weren't actually able to pursue. I also wanted to question why it seems to be that every gay character who shows up in the Arches is older, has previously come to terms with their sexuality, and is usually already in a relationship. I think it would be interesting for the writers to portray one of the younger established characters realising that they're gay, exploring their sexuality, and over the long term, highlight the specific issues facing gay people in a rural setting. Yes, I agree. Everybody comes sort of ready packaged and happy with their gay identity, don't they? Mm. Adam did. Sean from the thing and thing did the um, the pub. Um, uh, uh, Ian Craig did. Uh, there's a few, you know, issues like with Ian's father and everything. But, um, you know, they themselves it's the revelation is all to other people there's no revelation to themselves and that would be i agree completely that would be really interesting and obviously we've got a lot of younger characters coming up so maybe that's what's in line for one of them mm. and and i think just to to go back to the whole kind of philip schofield thing if with an older character if they haven't come out when they were younger there's a, a passage of time where they're wrestling with their conscience, wrestling with the fact that they're not being true to their to their to their sexuality, and then worrying about how other people are going to react to that. And I think um, the emailer is is spot on. It's all been a little bit too neat, and to have these older women who aren't integral to the village just to in effect wander in for whatever reason, be here for a week or two, uh, declare their uh, their sexuality and then to wander off. We are being shortchanged in terms of uh, character development, understanding the pain, the angst, whatever. Then also how people then react around them as opposed to, you know, one parent. Mm. You know, if Will Grundy was to come out as gay <laughs> in three years' time, 
wouldn't Sorry. that be a fantastic storyline if it was written well yeah you know you just imagine oh, that as a bombshell a no but imagine that as a bombshell yeah imagine yeah, that absolutely yeah and and all of a sudden you know he's and and he has to and he turns around to Adam and Ian and just uh, and, mm. and talks to them heart, in a heartfelt yeah. way, and that's kind yeah. of the point I was trying to make last week about, and I did it from a different perspective, about the about like racism and, and homophobia. Let's have some kind of ordinary characters who we actually like to have some of the views which are still prevalent in society. But then yeah. also let's have the characters living this stuff and, and going through it. And I couldn't agree more with you, E. e- Malarinera, that um, it's, it's too neat. And it's exactly the same storyline that we had with uh, Carol Goran's daughter. It's exactly the same storyline, mm. you know. Mm. And yeah. we do deserve better. We do deserve better. Yeah. And, and just to reinforce what I was saying last week, regardless of who the characters are in The Archers, they're all liberal, even if they are conservative, i.e., you know, like Susan Carter is a Daily Mail conservative reader. You've got... Um, uh, Brian Aldridge, who is you know very much a noblesse, noblige conservative. You've got Will He's Grundy, Daily Telegraph, and the Spectator. Yeah, then you've got Will Grundy, who is a working class conservative, etc. But they're all social yeah. liberals, you know, and and that's yeah. not life. Not everybody no. is a social liberal. He was totally mm. understanding of difference, and he's very permissive. Yeah. Just, just isn't, yeah. and and right. we're, we're missing a whole rich vein of social observation by not having some slightly more diverse, and I don't mean that in the classic modern sense, but diverse ethically characters, mm. attitudes, exactly, mm. yeah. exactly. Anyway, yeah. Mm. Back to a to a slight, somewhat baser note now from Paul Robinson, not from Neighbours, who says. When is somebody going to tell Susan to wind her fucking neck in and mind her own business? I would have done it years ago. It has got to the point where it winds me up every time I hear her giving the third degree. Paul from Guildford. Um, well, Susan and the shop is the big... It's like, it's like the Roman Forum. It's where everyone goes to share news, isn't it? Mm. People who have news to share suddenly find themselves unaccountably out of biscuits or milk or something and they have to it's it's like they have to go and they go oh i don't want to go to the shop and you think don't go then go somewhere else drive to sainsbury's it's fine no one's gonna care in sainsbury's no well i suppose i better go to the shop it's like (laughs) this is my duty i have to run the gamut of the shop because otherwise, how is this news going to get out? Otherwise, it's got to go somewhere. So off they all troop to the shop, clutching their, you know, outrageous amount of money she charges for things. That's half a pint of milk. That'll be £7.95, please. What? Um, yes. But yeah, they have to do it. You are it's right, you know, Lucy, because there is the petrol station on the bypass. They do have yeah. another option. <laughs> yeah, they, they have hundreds, but no, it's like oh, it's like Joe, it's like uh, Josh was saying. Oh, I've got to go, and I haven't been to the shop. I can't bear go. I've got, I've got a face going to the shop. You think? No, you haven't. <laughs> you really haven't. Don't go. <laughs> go somewhere else. <laughs> uh, is that is that right? Like, any more emails? That's it. That's oh, it. Cool. No, that's Smashing. that's a lot. All right, uh, let's. Uh, 
hopefully, uh, listener, you'll hear an email. Oh, hear an email. Hopefully, listener, you'll hear an advert. If not, it's Millie Bell and a social media roundup. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Good day, everyone. Well, unsurprisingly, there has been a lot of attention on Jacob and Kate this week. And I asked who has met their match. Is Jakob going to be dominated by Kate? Or is Kate going to be dominated by Jakob? Or are they going to come to some kind of compromise? Stephen Bowden said, I don't know why I don't find Kate incredibly annoying. It's probably because A, she's so over the top that she's very funny. And B, I don't actually have to deal with her in real life. So I hope that she and Jakob continue to clash with each other in a sort of village Beatrice and Benedict benedict way for years to come uh tracy benton disagrees and says kate is rapidly turning into the most annoying person in town giving susan a run for her money joanne smith said i want to see Jacob. tell her what a piece of work she is and dump her but i fear this will turn into a tale of how the love of a good man will turn kate into a sweet loving empathetic woman I'd be fine with her getting dumped and then actually doing some real self-reflection and growing from the experience. But the thought of listening to Jacob turning her into someone nice just makes me queasy. Uh, thank you very much for that, Joanne. And Kate Lars says, oh, FFS, she's bloody 40 years old. Is there something in the water in Ambridge that halts human development at the age of about 17? But my favourite response was from Elizabeth McCracken, who said, My eight-year-old son was in the room at the end of that episode, and on his way out of the door, he said, That man does not want that woman in his house. (laughs) Out of the mouths of babes. (laughs) 
Um, so yes, lots and lots of discussion. Of course, we will come back to that shortly uh, because we also discussed whether it was a, this was going to be the start of something new for the bull, and we also wondered whether this new assertive Rex is he also the start of something new? And Melissa Williams said, new marketing ca- uh, campaign for B at A. I've missed this. You can't beat a Shires. Oh, nice. Um, Melissa Williams said, I adore Jill's put your big girl pants on speech and get your ass to the pub. It was awesome. I'm on Team Jill. I think we're all on Team Jill, Melissa. And Brian Holding said, I really don't understand the rebranding of the bull. It seems that the change of name and offering a few cocktails that um, Kenton would uh, do anyway, given half a chance, is by way of being the whole thing. If this Angus chap is a professional, he would have prepared a full plan saying what market he hopes to attract, including the demographics, what's going to appeal to them, and a marketing strategy to attract them. Just changing the name while offering the same diet of Wayne sandwiches, pub quizzes, and Jolene's croaky country and western numbers only antagonises the existing customer base without attracting any new ones. Uh, there's more from Brian if you would like to go to our Facebook page, but I thought he made some very, very good points there. Uh, just while I'm going through uh, this week on our Facebook page, just to let you know that a lot of people uh, published articles, which was absolutely fantastic to see. Uh, unfortunately, as I think I've said to you before, well, it's not that unfortunate, but we have to actually uh, post them. Uh, so it can sometimes take a little while. They won't go on immediately. It depends whether it is Yoko Bear who's awake or whether it's me who's awake, but we will get to them and do our best, I promise. And uh, I just wanted to finish with um, that wonderful sentence at the end when... Um, at the end of the last episode, and I asked the question, is Jacob going to be delighted? Um, and I... I think delighted could be an emotion, and he doesn't seem to have many of those, so my guess is he's not. But this is what others had to say. Dorothy Brown said, well, he's going to be surprised, definitely. Uh, Bob Danielson said, he's going to do a runner, but I suspect Kate will eventually find out she's menopausal. Uh, Ruth Pearl said, you never know, he may surprise us. Then Kate finds out she's menopausal. Why is everyone thinking she's menopausal? Can I just say publicly that I was actually older than Kate when I had my last baby so you know she doesn't have to be menopausal it could be her last hurrah uh, Tara Math said I would never have used the words Jacob Jacob and delighted in the same sentence Martin Vanden Heuvel said Jacob listen Kate the baby can't be mine I had a vasectomy years ago didn't I tell you <laughs> um, and Richard Woodfield said on Monday Jacob finds out from Susan Carter that he's pregnant Oh, gosh, you were all so funny this week. It was another great week. Please go on and have a look at, have a look at our uh, published pieces from uh, our listeners. And uh, you can also speak to me and Yurkle Bear on there. You can also get involved in Witherspoon's uh, talk of the, uh, the weekend. And, of course, we post up Lucy's Week in Ambridge if you miss it anywhere else. So uh, really encourage you to get involved. It was another great uh, week in um, Ambridge and on our Facebook page. Now, I haven't had much time to get onto our app, so I apologise for that, but I will try and do that for next time if Yoko Bear hasn't already done it. So keep talking with each other, keep being hilarious, and I will speak to you in a fortnight. Until then, hooroo! Thank you for that, Millie Bell. And, Thank you. Uh, also, uh, you know, v- very honest, very honest. And uh, let's see exactly how this storyline plays out. Issue properly up, Duff.
or is her eggs just not ripe anymore? Is she early menopause? We'll we'll soon find out. Uh, Lucy, uh, yep. why don't you hit us with a headline or two? Okay. Gary Gilday, this is, uh, in a plea to Kerry Davis. He's actually added Kerry Davis. Mm-hmm. Please, can we have no more baby storylines in the Archers for at least three years? Kind regards, the whole fucking planet. <laughs> 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 ah, the only way is up had the had the chat between um josh and rex in the pub so you're saying you don't want to work for me for you with you in the same county as you <laughs> stunned silence could i put you down as a maybe <laughs> um linda top of the hill says does kate realize that she wastes oxygen every time she speaks Think of the planet, Kate. Uh, Paul Smith said, I do like Phil and Kirsty. They're very good together, especially on location, location, location. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, Nozilla, who is rapidly coming, the, becoming one of the world's greatest dumpty, um, the Archer's tweeters, said, Alice has a day off. When does she have a day on? <laughs> <laughs> Is that That's it? it? Oh, you didn't say tweet of the oh, week. Oh, sorry. And as it, when I said she was the world's greatest archers tweeter. But that's not at all the same as saying it's tweet of the week. It's not, Lucy. Because it's if not, you I'm had, sorry. if you had actually said that, I could have done this. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't let me do that. No, I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm going to stop that. Uh, so, um, have you had a headline? No, I've just realised I haven't got one I this week. Asked well, I asked you for a headline and it. you did Tweets of the Week instead. Yeah. Oh, goodness. So you don't have one? Um. Well, don't make one up. If you don't have one, you don't no, have one. I'm not one. making it up. I never make it up. Oh, wouldn't that be such a scandal if people discovered you actually were just making them up? <laughs> no, because they go and search it. <laughs> they search it. Mm. Um. Anyway, um, there's a pause in proceedings and we can't have that. So I'll just like shunt her on, shall I? Um, do you want the mirror headline now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like, I like this episode. It's all over the place. Right, yeah. It is. <laughs> Let's have the mirror headline. All over the place like a mad woman's shit. As I <laughs> <somebody say. laughs> deeply disturbing <laughs> phrase. Anyway, um, Disney characters brawl as Minnie punches guard before Mickey and Goofy break up flight. <laughs> Where did this happen? And there's a picture. World. And they are all in costume. <laughs> uh, let me look up where it happened. I don't think it's Disneyland. I don't think they're loud. There. Oh, the bizarre scene unfolded on the Vegas Strip and was later posted to social media where it received 3.6 million views on Twitter. Wow. It's unclear why Disney's character-filled fight broke out with a female <laughs> security guard, but the situation appears to escalate quickly. In the clip, the security guard approaches Minnie Mouse and the pair begin to trade blows. <laughs> um, uh, Minnie, Mickey and Goofy attempt to break the fight up 
During the heat of the fight, Minnie appears to punch Mickey while he tries to stand in the middle of the two women. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, the woman takes off her mouse costume feet before storming away. <laughs> can you imagine? Hang on a minute. <laughs> Just got to take off your mouse shoes before you can <laughs> successfully strop off. Yeah. Mm. Uh, a a passerby commented, "I always knew Minnie was not the one to mess with." <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't normally give us a full commentary no, in the know, whole but, story, but, uh, but that <laughs> that was worth it for that last line. Well then, Freeman. <laughs> she wanted to know. Um, uh, you wanted to know when, where it all happened and then I got accidentally drawn into the story which I try not to do because they're so mental it's just like a, a, a new and horrible world that I don't want to get involved with <laughs> <laughs> you've given me a new little <laughs> saying all over the place like a woman shit <laughs> oh god Oh, oh, folks, uh, com. you can go there and do some stuff. Also, you can, you can type in dumdydum or um, Lucy's Week in Ambridge and, uh, on the YouTubes and you can go sign up to our brand new sparkling channel of uh, dumdydum content and Archer's related content. So uh, you type in my name, Roy Field, or or Lucy's Week in Ambridge, and that, that'll take you there. Uh, we have a new little strand, Lucy, which, which premiered mm-hmm. according to YouTube yesterday. Would you like to hear about it? Is it the quiz where we ask people a question and then the winner gets... Um, no, no, then, that was your thing no. which you said to me off mic oh. at the start of the show, which I'm going to leave you to fully explain. Um, after I, I haven't thought it through, Royfield. Well, well, don't I'll make me what, fully explain I'll, it. I'll talk. I'll talk now for a couple of minutes, as is my way, and you can just collect your thoughts because I think this is the time to tell people to get onto YouTube to subscribe because we now have a new strand as well as Lucy's Week in Ambridge. We have my first day on set, and on the very first episode of my first day on set, it's an interview with our Susie Rids who plays Tracy Horobin, about her very first day. And, of course, she's an unusual character in that, technically, she's had two first days because she used to be Kate Aldridge oh, yeah. when she was a teenager. Uh, so so here is another reason for you to go onto, uh, the, onto the YouTubes and su- to subscribe to our channel uh, so you can uh, see uh, the characters who... The actors, sorry, who play the characters on The Archers in the flesh, so to speak... And them talking about uh, going to the mailbox or BBC Pebble Mill for the first time. And we have uh, Tim Bentink, who plays David Archer. He's coming up soon. And uh, many more actors besides will be um, on Dumdy Dum TV. And to find that, you go onto YouTube and you type in uh, either Dumpty Dum or you can do Royfield because the channel's actually my channel, or Lucy's Week in Ambridge, and you can see our Lucy and her penguins in all their glory uh, talking (laughs) about uh, the the goings-on in Deepest Darkest Borsetshire. Now, uh, you had a great idea before we we hit record uh, this morning, Lucy. Tell us what that great idea was. What we're going to do Mm -hmm. is every week on the monologue on YouTube... I will ask a quiz question, and um, if you get it right, 
uh, if lots of you get it right, then we will pick an answer at random. If uh, only, well, obviously, if only you get it right, then you get the prize. And the prize will mm-hmm. be a Dumpty Dum t-shirt. Will it, Royfield? Well, you've said it now. Can't go back on that, folks. I think that's what editing is. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I You're thought, the expert. I thought this was going out live. <laughs> is it not? <laughs> Shit. Um, I'd never have used all those rude words had I known. Um, is that all right? Then should we do that? We'll do that. We'll do that. You can you can choose from a, or a t-shirt mug, a mug. or a mug. Maybe that's it. Yeah. A t-shirt or a mug. Yeah. T-shirt yeah. or a mug. Yeah. Uh, right. So Patreon, folks. No. no, but you have to answer the quiz. When I ask a question, you have to answer it in the comments bit on the on the on YouTube. Oh, genius! Yes, that's how you answer. Genius, right? Oh no, hang on, that's not going to work, is it? Because no, then is. everyone's going to see the answer. Uh, that's a good point, Lucy. I think we need to chop this whole bollocks. No, bollocks, bollocks, no, poo. no, no, chop no, it all no, out. no, no, no. We can, we can and work then this we'll out. We have to rethink we can work it. this out. Quite simply, all you do. Is you go on, to, then go on to Dumpty Dum, onto co- no, you didn't have to go onto Dumpty Dum. You can contact me through the through the website through YouTube. Yeah, but the idea is we wanted people to comment, didn't we? Oh, God, because they said the more comments that we get, then the higher up the alga thing it goes, or something. <laughs> the alga thing, yeah. See, we have to chop all this bit out and I'll think about it properly. Yeah, all right. You have a think. Chop, chop, choppity chop. Right, cool. All right, smashing. So where were we? No idea. Mm. We were saying goodbye, weren't we? Oh, okay, dumdydum.com. Then I went on to YouTube. There is a great way, good listener, that you can also support Lucy and I's effort to provide you with expert archers commentary every week that's by going on to patreon.com and rude words that you may not have heard before (laughs) (laughs) what the archers is that the word they've never heard before um by going on to patreon.com and if you give us uh two dollars per show it means that when we have extra content which invariably is an interview with an actor that you get that not only first but you only get that the hoi polloi, the riffraff, you know, the communal garden listeners, the people that can't be fussed after five years to uh, give us their shilling. They just get the podcast, but you get the real good stuff. So when you go on to patreon.com and uh, pony up some moolah, and uh, when we interview an actor like Susie or Tim, etc., etc., um, you get that. And it's all just for you. Mm, the good stuff. Uh, if you remember last week, we uh, started reading out all the wonderful patrons, the people that help keep the lights on in Dumpty Dum Towers. And the list was so long, we decided to split it into two. So here is part two of that self-same list of patrons. After you, Lucere. Maddie Kayup, Magic at Mungo's, Marion Janin, Mark Everton, Martine, Mary Argent, Catwalla, Matthew Warren, Morris Nell, Melanie Matthews, Mary Gillespie, Michelle Van Grove, Mick Tozer, Mindy Collins, Miss Purple Pumpkin, Morgan Johnson, Nancy Dickey, Neil Gagan, Nicola Maxfield, Norma Driscoll, Pac Chow, Pamela Stanworth, Patricia Hanavan, Paul Schleuser, Paul Wiskin, Pippa Tozer, Rachel Kennedy, Rachel Thomas, Rebecca McFarlane, Rebecca Mullard, Richard Latter, Robin Jones, Rose Callock, Rosie Table, Rosie 
Porty, Sally D, Sally Wood, Samantha Jane Edwards, Sarah Evans, Sarah Amanda Hyde, Sarah Bailey, Sarah Harding, Scott Matthewman, Sheila McGuire, Silver Girl, Simon Pilgrim, Siobhan Wilde, Son- Sonia Gargas, Sophie England, Stephanie Evans, Stephen Bowden, Steve McGowan, Sue Yin Jordan, Sue Lee, Susan Goffstein, Susan Mary Young, Susie Sullivan, Thesis Whisperer, Tony De Jong, Trish Houghton Duber, Vicky Cole, and Yvonne McKenzie. We thank you all. We thank you all. Take a bow. Thank you. Now, um, Twitter. Oh, I'm going to stop talking. Why don't you do some talking and read out some on that script? Remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203-031-3105 to leave us a message. You can find Yokel Bit at Dum Dum on the Twitters. Lucy is at... Lucy V. Freeman. And I, of course, can be found at Royfield. And then, of course, there is Facebook. And there's loads of things happening on Facebook at the moment, like Facebook type dum dum stuff. Go on to Facebook, type in dum dum And uh, Millie Bell and Yokel Bear and With a Spoon will hold your hand through that whole process. And, of course, um, I always try and get this in on every show. But uh, proper big up to the Flick app posse. If you uh, find yourself thumbing needlessly on your phone and just wanting more Archers and Dum Dum content, what you can do is download the Flick app and there is a link to it in the show notes. And there is a message board, a whole community of listeners that share uh, life, love and the universe as it pertains to Ambridge with each other on that self-same forum. So it's the Flick app. And big ups to everybody that's on there. And I'm still, Lucy, I'm in love with Where in the World, a lovely little thread on the Dumpty Dum Flick app where people just take a picture of where they are and it could be looking out their window at work or a glorious sunset or whatever. And and then uh, a thread, which is on fire at the moment, is Kate. She needs her own thread. So people are talking about Kate Aldridge. It's all lots of... Kate Madakani, very sorry. So go on to the Flick app, join in with 502 others and uh, chat away about all things Borsetshire there. All right, Luce. So um, I feel this was a slightly one of those loosey-goosey episodes. We weren't our normal type precise cells. At least I wasn't anyway. I had a proper brain fart <laughs> at the start. Uh, and I slowly, slowly got into my stride. But how would you rate this episode out of 10, considering we've done 315 of them now? Well, that means so far we've been described as nice, sophisticated and loosey-goosey. <laughs> <laughs> Which is... Well, the, the episode was more loosey-goosey than us, to be fair. I was on about, you know, we did... We are the episode though, aren't we, really? Uh, hmm. We can't really blame anyone else. No, much you, as we'd like to, obviously. No, well, no, but the archers and the quality of the archers is a significant part of the episode. Because if it's a dreadful, dreadful week, right? Yeah, that's going to be reflected yeah. in yeah. our yeah. analysis and our content. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Mm. So I put it to you again, Mrs. How would you rate this episode out of ten? I think this was a seven. <laughs> really, that high. You're generous. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I thought the caller inners were a solid 8.5. Solid. 
Yeah, I was going to say, they lifted the average considerably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, <laughs> if, I'm thinking, if I'm thinking of uh, me and, and my contributions, I'm putting myself at a, a generous four. Generous four. <laughs> and what would you give yourself? Oh, God, the same. No. You actually put some jokes yes. in the monologue this week. I was properly laughing. Last week, did you have a line that, that moves like Jazza? No. Oh, okay. I saw that in the comments uh, on, on YouTube, and I thought, that's an awesome gag. I don't remember her saying that. But maybe you want to just no, like, I don't nick think that so. and throw it in in a few weeks, when everybody's forgotten that I actually will. it was a comment. I'll, I'll, go and read the, yeah, I'll go and read the comments and see what I can, I'm going on it now, I, seeing what I can nick. Yeah. Great. Awesome. Right, Whoop, so... There you go. Uh, right, so I think that's just about that then, isn't it? Oh, um, now's your time. Uh, to sign off with a flourish, if you've got it within you. I haven't really. Um, <laughs> but thank you very much for all the nice comments on the um, YouTube thing, uh, and um, uh, including the sarcastic one from my son. And um, feels like I see this woman every day, he said. Uh, and um, yes, uh, the lack of dust on the ornaments in the background is not down to me, Helen Grady. And uh, <laughs> the, I will give you the story of the penguins uh, the next time um, I do it. And that's not my office. That's my sitting room, by the way. So that's why there is a fireplace in it, because I would not be allowed a fireplace in my office in case I burnt it down. There you go, folks. You heard it here first. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. 